Welcome, my friends, to the Bob and Brad podcast produced by Bob and Brad, the two most famous physical therapists on the internet. I am Bob, and I'm exactly one half of the Bob and Brad team. My guest today is going to be Dr. Terry Walls, and this is a fascinating story. If you have MS, an autoimmune disease, or even a neurodegenerative disease, if I can say that right, you're, you're going to want to listen because what she has done with diet and some a few things uh, in addition to diet has been absolutely amazing. She went from, I don't want to give away too much, but she went from being in a wheelchair to walking. So please join me in welcoming Dr. Walls. Dr. Terry Walls, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Really appreciate it. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and just jump right in. Um, could you give us your uh, backstory? Okay. So, you know, about 20 years ago, I'm out walking with my wife. My left leg grows weak, dragging it, a hobble home. I see the neurologist the next day who says, Terry, this could be bad or really, really bad. Now at night, wow. I'm thinking about the 20 years of worsening face pain due to trigeminal neuralgia. So actually I'm praying for a fatal diagnosis. Three weeks later, I hear multiple sclerosis. I see the best people, I take the newest drugs, but I continue to relentlessly decline. Three years later, I hear tilt, recline, wheelchair. The trigeminal neuralgia is also getting worse. But I, I you know I'm a physician, so night after night I'll go to PubMed to read the basic science, and I begin experimenting on myself based on what I'm reading. I develop theories that the mitochondria are the driver of disease, and I begin taking supplements targeting my mitochondria. I've already adopted the paleo diet two years earlier. But who knows how long it takes for that to reverse my damage. I stay with it. By 2007, I am so weak, I cannot sit up at a regular chair. My zingers are relentlessly worse. It's clear I'm headed towards becoming bedridden, demented, and living with intractable pain. And that's when I discovered instead of using electrical stimulation of muscles. And ask my physical therapist, can I try that? He calls it e-stim. My test session hurts bad, really bad. But when it's over, I feel great. And I begin doing e-stim to as much pain as I can tolerate. Now, my physicians tell me again and again that with secondary progressive multiple sclerosis, functions once lost are gone forever. That's why I've been so aggressive with my drug treatments. But, you know, am I really doing everything that I can to slow my decline? I've been doing the stem, I've been doing the paleo diet, I've been doing supplements. I have a big aha. I redesigned my paleo diet based on all the science that I've been reading and on what I've learned from the Institute for Functional Medicine. I go back to meditation. And three months later, those zingers are gone. Mm. My physical therapist says, Terry, you're getting stronger. Wow. And I begin walking. 
first with a cane, then without a cane. And three months after that, for the first time in six years, with my son, Zach, jogging alongside on the left, my daughter, Zeb, on the right, and my wife, Jackie, following behind, I get on my bike. Amazing. And I bike around the block. Amazing. My son is crying. My daughter's crying. My wife's crying. I'm crying. That's, that's and, and when I tell that story, um, you know, tears come to my eyes again. It, and three months after that, Brad, I no, do an I'm, 18 I'm sorry, Bob. mile bike ride. You're Bob? Yeah. You got the wrong guy? Yeah. Okay, Bob. Forgive me. Yeah. yeah. You did 18 so, mile bike ride? Yeah. So then I did an 18.5 mile bike ride. Oh, crazy. And of course, this changes how I think about disease and health. It changes the way I practice medicine and it will ultimately change the focus of my research. How did you um, keep it all together when you had the, first got the diagnosis and you know you started to decline? I mean, this is worst, oh, yeah. case, worst so, case scenario. I mean. Yeah, when I'm first diagnosed, my son is eight, my daughter is five. Wow. And um, I, I had been a athlete, a black belt athlete, um, uh, competing nationally in Taekwondo, uh, running marathons, skiing oh, marathons, wow. uh, physically very, very active. And I had assumed that I would teach my children, you know, the, the skills of life through athletics and right. travel. Right. And, um, you know, within two years, it's clear that, you know, walking's become very difficult. Uh, and I'm having to uh, continue to reinvent who I am and how I parent. But, you know, I would also say that my children um, were probably saved my life because I knew my kids were watching. Right. And I could either give up as life got harder. Sure. Or I could keep doing the best that I can in model that, yep, life's not fair. Uh, you have plenty of hardship, plenty of struggle, but you get up and every day you do the best you can anyway. Yeah, because I mean, the way I see it with MS, it was going to take away two things that are really important to you. I mean, one, your athletic ability, and also two, your your thinking, your correct. So it, it took away my athletic ability. That took that away very quickly within two years. It was also uh, apparent that it was giving me uh, a lot of pain. Pain was certainly a very big part uh, of my experience, uh, and uh, having to learn, you know. And then it was encroaching on the tasks of daily life, walking. You know, and at the very end, at, at my nadir in 2007, it was beginning to encroach on mental clarity as well. Sure. Like brain fog type of thing. Correct. And uh, when, I was, when I was diagnosed, my neurologist said, don't worry, cognition is never affected. 
of course, now we know that that's, oh, that's that, that yeah. in fact is wrong. Right. Um, Dr. Wallace, at this point, I want to make sure we list your website and your book because uh, some people will go back to the start of this video oh, yeah. or, or podcast. And so I've got. Yeah, book. I love the book. Thank you for holding it up. Yeah. So my website is terrywalls.com. Yeah, very simple. And, and uh, uh, the book, The Walls Protocol. Uh, and then there's the companion uh, cookbook, The Walls Protocol, Cooking for Life. And if you want to get just a one-page summary of the diet that I use in our clinical trials, that's terrywalls.com forward slash diet. And if you want to follow me on Instagram, you can see what I'm eating most days. People uh, uh, find that a lot of fun. And uh, we have a variety of uh, educational, inspirational stories, uh, et cetera, on Instagram. Now, this is not just for MS. This is for all Correct. autoimmune yeah. conditions. Absolutely. Because um, when I was diagnosed, I'm at the VA, and my clinical practice was at the Veteran Affairs Medical Center. Uh, and as I recovered, uh, and we, I was using my principles in the traumatic brain injury clinic and in the primary care clinic, uh, the VA was so impressed with how uh, efficacious, mm. how helpful what sure. I was doing was. They pulled me out of primary care and had me create my own clinic, wow. uh, which we called the Therapeutic Lifestyle Clinic. I, and I, I, so I went to the pain clinic, the specialty medicine clinic, primary care, and said, give me your most difficult cases that you can't really help, that are still suffering. Uh, you'll continue taking care of their drugs. I will work with them on their diet and their health behaviors. Sure. And what they saw, you know, so people came with all sorts of autoimmune conditions, inflammatory bowel disease, rheumatoid arthritis, systemic lupus, fibromyalgia. Uh, and the common symptoms were pain, fatigue, brain fog. And they had many, many comorbid problems like anxiety, depression, yes. high blood pressure, obesity, cholesterol problems. Uh, sometimes they had heart disease. Uh, and as we implemented the concepts that I, that I taught, Blood pressure's improved, blood sugar's improved, pain went down. And you know, we had many young men and, and young women from the Iraq war, Afghanistan war. Uh, and um, they certainly had, had suffered a great deal. The young men would come in. It'd take them several months, mind you. Sure. Uh, with, with a big smile and say, Doc, you didn't tell me I'd get my love life back. Oh, um, and uh, you know, and the ladies were were um, thrilled because they're losing weight without being hungry. Sure, but they were when having conversations with them. They'd be like, "Well, their love lives were improving," and the men whose love life were uh, had been improving, they had been losing weight as well. So in a very uh, sexist way, I'm going to say it, it was sort of very typical that the men were thrilled about performance and the ladies were more thrilled about appearance. 
you think that's uh, it's because it takes away the inflammatory nature? Yeah, you know, I I think uh, for many of the veterans, um, there, there's a lot of oxidative stress, a lot of inflammation, uh, um, uh, just from the military experience, uh, from the toxins that they're exposed sure. to in their military life. Sure. That we improve their toxin processing capability. We improve their nutrition so that reduce their oxidative stress, reduce their inflammation. And as, as those um, pathways were improved, the gene expression that drives inflammation, you know, calms down. Sure. And so that uh, excess fluid that we have in that's known as the extracellular space, mm -hmm. the space between cells is lost. So people, you know, lose a lot of water weight from that extracellular space. Uh, in the first few weeks, then they begin uh, losing more fat. Uh, and though I did not have the capability of measuring uh, fat mass and muscle mass, uh, what I would predict is if, if we had done that, that people were, were losing fat uh, and probably uh, retaining muscle. muscle. Sure. So are a lot of neurodegenerative diseases, are they autoimmune, like let's say Parkinson's? Well, um, let, that's sort of a complicated question. Um, and I'm gonna sort of get to the root cause of disease processes. When our cells are encountering uh, damage uh, or a threat, whether it's infection mm -hmm. or damaged cell, uh, because of a chemical injury or a heat injury or a cold injury or a fracture, the cells respond by generating a signal, threat signal that drives up inflammation. And it does that through activation of the mitochondria. And so that can also drive up oxidative stress at the same time. And we will see that in response to infections. And we see that in response to autoimmune processes. And we see that in response to diseases that we thought had nothing to do with infection or autoimmunity. Things like anxiety, depression, cognitive decline, and Parkinson's. Okay. So on a macroscopic level, uh, when we would make diagnoses as we did for hundreds of years, based simply on the physical exam of the gross human body and the history, you would classify these diseases in reproducible ways, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, um, multiple sclerosis, anxiety, depression. But when we look at things on a cider uh, and biochemical pathway and mitochondrial pathway, the lines start blurring. Uh, yeah, and so it, it makes me think, Bob, uh, that when I first started you know, changing how I treated patients and started focusing more on diet quality, stress reduction, uh, movement, my uh, chief of staff called me in to say, Terry, you know, what are you doing? Uh, I, I hear you're treating everyone the same way, and, and you can't treat all diseases the same way. Mm -hmm. And I'd say, well, I'm not really treating disease. 
I'm focused on creating health. Sure. And furthermore, Absolutely. I'm focused on cellular health. And I'm thinking about improving the nutrition for the mitochondria, for the cell membrane, and for the cells. And we have, all of us have those things. So that's what I'm focused on. And then I'm just watching, am I, uh, are, are people's needs for the medication changing so I don't end up having anyone who's over-medicated? Because if their blood pressure begins to fall, I need to reduce their blood pressure. Right, meds. exactly. And if their blood sugar is beginning to fall, I have to reduce their blood sugar meds. Right. If they have less pain, I should be reducing their pain meds. Uh, it, and so... I, I learned to be much more careful uh, about how I talked to my patients and how I documented the medical record so that this was understood that my focus is creating health and then monitoring for um, uh, uh, potential side effects from medications so people are not over-medicated. Right. Makes sense that I, I continue to let the person work with their specialist who's treating their other disease states. Mm -hmm. You know, so I'm, I'm not interfering with what the specialist is saying about their sure. autoimmune problem or the neurologist is saying about their neurologist problem. I'm just working with the patient to create the best health possible. I want to mention that um, you had a TED talk called mining your mitochondria and it's last i saw it had like 3.6 million views yeah so um would you just explain for the layperson what the mitochondria are oh sure so um all of us have within ourselves a smaller uh component that's called an organelle and one of those organelles is the mitochondria, which is uh, basically a ancient bacteria that had been engulfed by a bigger bacteria about three and a half, you know, I think it's about maybe 2 billion years ago. Uh, and that allowed those cells to use oxygen much more efficiently. And that cell uh, then would eventually evolve into multicellular organisms and animals and mammals and primates, and of course, eventually us. It allows the cells to generate energy more efficiently so the cells could specialize into muscles and brain tissue, producing uh, 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 cells. Uh, and if those mitochondria are producing energy very efficiently, that cell will be healthy, it can do all the tasks. If the mitochondria is not producing energy, it generates called oxidative stress. And it doesn't do the job very well. And that's when, you know, in my clinical practice, uh, I, I think about mitochondrial strain when someone is having fatigue, uh, having heart failure having uh, problems with their vision. Um, and I also think about that if they have a complex chronic disease, that it's gotcha. part of that problem. Gotcha. Uh, it's just uh, ironic. I, I just had a person on 
our podcast, and he talked about light therapy. And I, I saw some research where they said red light near infrared light may actually have a positive effect on mitochondria. And I thought, oh, yeah. right away. So, so yeah, I'd love to uh, uh, address that. All of life, you know, for the about 3 billion years that we've had life on this planet, right. life has been outside in the sun, and the sun yes. energy interacts uh, with um, the, the cells supporting the generation uh, of energy. The plants do it through photosynthesis. Uh, it turns out that light also has some interactions with our mitochondria as well. And that it's helpful for us to be in the light. Uh, and red light is particularly uh, helpful in boosting the efficiency of some of the mitochondrial processes. Right. It's not as good as photosynthesis, mind you. Sure. It's not as good as photosynthesis. Right. But, but still, uh, red light uh, is good for us. Ultraviolet light uh, is good for us, you know, in small doses, particularly sure. in the morning. It, it gets us our um, circadian rhythm, that is the right. timing of all the cell processes well aligned. Uh, and red light uh, is very healing. Being away from light, being just in the artificial light that you and I uh, are in um, is not uh, as effective with our biologic uh, uh, systems. He made two points uh, to that uh, you actually can get light uh, sunlight on a cloudy day you just have to go outside yet and also you can't get it through a window so i don't uh, know that. that that's correct the the ultraviolet light is blocked by a window yeah so we probably get some benefit because being uh, uh in a light with a window decreases the harm from the artificial lights that we have sure good point so so that's it's still beneficial to have windows Really um, good but point. you really want to go outside and you also want to be outside without sunglasses for at yes. least part of that time. Yes, he said the same thing. Yep. So you get the light into your retina. Yep. Well, you're so smart. <laughs> you know, well, things, things too. Um, so do you have any indication of, I know this is a really vague question, but how many people you may have helped? I mean, obviously you are helping people. Ah, well, I love that question. So the TED Talk has had, you know, uh, about 3.8 million views. Sure. So those folks and their families and their sphere of friends. So that'll be millions. I uh, teach clinicians uh, every year for the Institute for Functional Medicine, for the uh, American Academy of Anti-Aging Regenerative Medicine. Uh, so I, I reach tens of thousands of clinicians through those two organizations. And so all of their practices as well. Uh, and then I have uh, 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 run courses for the public. I, you know, my book has had uh, many hundreds of thousands, I think 400,000 copies plus oh, wow. uh, that have been sold. So certainly millions. Fantastic. And then on top of that, the other thing that 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 gives me immense satisfaction. So you know, in 2008, when I had my recovery, and then in 2009, I, I began talking uh, in the local organic grocer uh, about my experience, and then the local MS Society wants me to speak, and I get interviewed 
by their uh, clinical advisory committee who decide that my message offers false hope uh, and is dangerous and I'm banned as a speaker oh, wow. by the MS Society. But you know, like, okay, that's fine. So I, I keep talking where I'm invited uh, to various local, regional, and then national meetings. My, my TED talk uh, comes out, my book comes out. The MS Society tracks me down, says, um, would you come to our wellness conference? And, and they <laughs> apologize uh, and they unban me. I go to that conference. Wow. Uh, and they, as a result of that conference, I, I help them along with making dietary and wellness a research priority. Sure. With reconstituting their um, review process of scientific proposals so they could review dietary and lifestyle research. And we started publishing our, our, our studies. And so, you know, we did case reports, case series, feasibility studies, small pilot studies, larger pilot studies. Uh, we're doing uh, larger uh, studies. And in that now uh, 12, 13 years, I've gone from being condemned as dangerous by, by the neurology community sure. to being heralded as uh, a major dietary and lifestyle researcher by the neurology community. Fantastic. Uh, being recognized here at the university and by uh, many more within the, the neurology world as this innovative uh, research. And if you, and if you search the, for the papers that have been published on dietary interventions, my lab has, has published the most dietary interventions, the nice. largest studies, uh, uh, with the longest uh, uh, study interventions. Uh, and and we're, we're getting ready to launch a, another new dietary efficacy on, um, that, let's see, efficacy of diet on quality of life in MS. That'll be a two-year study. Uh, and um, I, Bob, I wanna be sure that you have the links to put this in your show notes because uh, we'll probably be screening for uh, enrollment, uh, I would think, uh, in early February. Absolutely. And, uh, and today, as, as, soon as, well, as soon as we're done, I'll go back to working on my brand. So, you know, we're, you know we keep having these wonderful ideas, wonderful, uh, and we keep sending off grants uh, uh, to get funding, uh, to continue to investigate this really important area of what is the role of a better diet, stress reduction, and physical activity for having better outcomes with MS, which is the disease state that I investigate. Yeah, you covered a lot of my questions right there. I, I mean, I, I was talking about pushback from the medical uh, community and I'm, I'm glad to hear that, that they're coming around. Oh, so so um, let me tell you the pushback that happened, you know, when I first made the, the uh, transition and you know, I, I'm, people are thrilled that I'm walking again. Like, oh my God, yeah, right. everyone's thrilled. But you know, I'm, and I'm talking to the medical students and the residents about uh, biochemistry. I think I'm talking about the latest drug, but I'm really talking about broccoli and turmeric and cauliflower and onions. Right, and right. <laughs> uh, and so, I, and I'm talking to the vets about diet and lifestyle and I'm being very effective at getting them to make some big changes. But some people are complaining. So my chief of staff calls me and says, Terry, what's going on? People are complaining that you're not doing the standard of care. And I've heard you've been banned by the MS Society as a dangerous. 
because you're dangerous. So what are you doing? What a start. Now, fortunately, I've, I've been prepared for this. So I had a handful of my scientific papers. I, I brought them down. I went over with them. And I won him over. Uh, he also impressed on me uh, that I should go meet with the chief of the complementary alternative medicine to learn how to document what I was doing in the medical record. So that if someone complained, sure. as they were, I, I, my medical records would, would pass review. So that was much more careful I'm creating health. I will continue to treat chronic disease in the usual way, but I'm gonna focus on creating health. I'll monitor for the blood pressure, the blood sugars and adjust medications as, sure. as needed. And so once I, I changed how I began talking about it in the medical record and in the public, then it was much more comfortable for my sure. colleagues gotcha. to hear the message. Really sports belief that uh, the pioneer gets all the arrows. <laughs> So, oh, yeah, man, you, you, you got to really be, you have to be okay with the fact, right? That when you're innovative, yeah. people say, like, What the hell are you doing? Right, right, exactly. And, and you know, interestingly enough, I think part of the reason I've been successful is uh, because I, 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 I'm gay and I had to go through my own personal transformation to get be comfortable with who I am, sure, even though. Early in my life, there's a lot of messages uh, about not being comfortable with who you are. Sure. Which allowed me to feel comfortable with all sorts of criticism from my colleagues for doing things so radically differently in my clinical practice. And then when I started doing the clinical research, um, and you know, my first study was we were replicating everything I did, which was, you know, um, targeted supplements, diet, right. meditation, exercise, social simulation, a very complicated regimen. And all of my scientific partners and peers were saying, that's terrible science. If it works, you won't know why. But fortunately, the chair of medicine, who was a rheumatologist who had mm -hmm. seen this transformation, he, he called me to his office and said, this is the study you need to do. It's your protocol. The questions you're asking are, can other people do what you did? Do you hurt them? Is, will they actually, so, so will they do it? That's called efficacy or tolerability. Sure. Safety, the question is, do you hurt them? And then the third question is, what's the effect size? Uh, and so again, severe, severe criticism yes. from many, many, many folks. Um, and it was, uh, fortunately for me, the chair of medicine had become the dean of the College of Medicine. And I had been on the Institutional Review Board. Uh, and they'd see me go from, you know, athletic to wheelchair, uh, right. and then back out walking again. So my study did get approved. It took me about a year, but we, we got it approved. Hmm. Uh, and we were able to show in that first cohort of 20 folks with progressive multiple sclerosis, who are exhausted, you know, they're on canes and walkers, right? They could radically change their diet, they could take those supplements, they could exercise, even though you know, these people are profoundly disabled, we got them exercising, we got them doing e-stem, we had re radical reduction in their uh, fatigue severity, improvement in quality of life, uh, reduction in anxiety, depression, 
And the other thing that's remarkable is that half of, of these folks had clinically meaningful improvement in walking. Wow. Now with progressive MS, you anticipate a 10 to 20% decline each year. Mm -hmm. So the fact that as a group, we held them flat for a year was remarkably, that, that was really quite remarkable. And the fact that half of them improved uh, remarkable. And I ran into some of these folks now, uh, 10 years later. So they're in their seventies now. Wow. And they're still, they're still walking around, you know, and I've, I practically go around the state, you know, talk, talking, giving a presentation when I'm, when I have a new study that I'm recruiting for. So my former subjects, uh, study subjects, uh, who are in that area always come to the meetings. Oh, and it's like a oh, revival nice. meeting. So yeah. I give my presentation. My my former study subject stands up and says, "I was in her first study." <laughs> That's very and powerful. They, and they and they uh, tell their story, and then go on to say, "And you know, if I stop doing the stuff she taught taught me to do, I can't walk again. Wow, I'm exhausted." And as soon as I go back, my energy is back, my balance is back. And so do what Dr. Wall says. That's motivation. Yeah, based on what you're saying, I mean, it sounds like they all improved really because you held them stable and half. Correct. You know, in progressive MS, if we can keep you stable, like, right. oh my God, that, that's a big, you know, thing. that's heroic. You yes. know, people take drugs that cost $90,000 a year. With side with effects. With the hope of staying stable. Right. Because none of those drugs are to make you better. They're approved to prevent worsening. Sure. To, to prevent relapses. And well, that's what they do. They prevent relapses, but they don't prevent the neurodegeneration, uh, which is the slow accumulation of, of disability. Now, I want to mention your book again, The Walls Protocol. And the way I understood it, I uh, hope this is right, but you're talking about diet, sleep, stress reduction, mm -hmm. exercise, muscle stimulation. I put those together and, and then reducing toxic exposure. If, yeah. you, if you were to rank those, I, I, I'm, well, I, I don't know if you can, but. So it will always depend a bit on the person, Bob. Sure. Uh, and the way I'm going to have people think about this is uh, we have genes. There are about 200, 300 different genes that increase the risk for any given autoimmunity diagnosis, mm -hmm. whether it's MS, inflammatory bowel disease, rheumatoid arthritis. That's a different set of genes for each autoimmune problem. The vast majority of folks with that gene won't get that autoimmune diagnosis. And, and there was a, a new paper out in science that said um, everyone, 800 out of 801 new cases of uh, MS uh, had antibodies to Epstein-Barr. So they said Epstein-Barr is probably a, a very key trigger for developing MS. Sure. But then they made another really important observation. There's other stuff that has to happen because the vast majority, 99.992% who get Epstein-Barr don't get MS. So there's another, there's, there's more steps. 
the Epstein bar. Those other steps are Epstein bar is, is uh, with, uh, uh, mono. mono. Mono, yeah. Yeah. Those other steps are smoking, air pollution, what you've been eating, your microbiome, your toxins, your social network, your self talk, your psychological stress, your physical stress. Wow. Uh, the random events of your life. Well, so I, I talk to people, you can't fix the stuff that's in your past. All you can begin to do is the stuff starting now. Moving forward. And in the VI, uh, if you want to come be part of the group classes that I ran, I would ask people to commit to the uh, diet principles 100% for 100 days. Gotcha. If that was too hard, then I would say, if you want to just work on your physical activity, we'll send you to physical therapy. If you want to just work on a, a stress-reducing program, we'll send you to our health behavior person. Okay. If you want to work on improving your diet gradually, as opposed to being all in, we'll send mm -hmm. you to the dietitian. Or if you know that this is not the right time in your life because you're in the midst of a health, health crisis for, with one of your children or your spouse, um, or a financial crisis, you're changing jobs, you're moving, whatever your life circumstances are, that's not the right time, then ask for a referral back when it is the right time. So it's not my job to convince you to do the work. My job is to tell you, here are the options. Sure. You can be all in and would love to help you. Or you could pick that you want to work on it gradually and I'll send you to the right person. Gotcha. The, the biggest impact, if you're ready, is food. But if you're not ready and you can't do it, then we have to pick an intervention that you could actually do. If, if they go on the diet 100%, uh, average person, when, so, why, when might they see some improvement? Yeah. Might. So uh, I'll... I'll I'll put this in the context of what we saw in my clinics at the VA. Gotcha. So these are people uh, often uh, on disability uh, due to their complicated chronic health problems. Mm -hmm. uh, they have a wide variety of diseases that brought them to my clinic. Autoimmune, they would probably have comorbid anxiety, depression, some sort of mood problem, uh, probably have comorbid high blood pressure, uh, weight issues. Uh, so they're, they're sick people. Mm -hmm. uh, anxiety. So mood would be uh, brain fog, fatigue, uh, and pain were the three most common symptoms that people had with all of these diagnoses. We would, uh, you'll have an intake understand, help them understand that their factors contributing to their illness, prioritize their interventions, and uh, get them uh, to begin their, um, their uh, dietary efforts. Then we'd see them every month. On the first month, people would often come back and say, you know, I'm hopeful. Mm. It's not quite as bad. The pain is not quite as bad. Oh, good. The, the, the um, low mood is not quite as low. The energy is maybe a little bit better. That's very rapid. Uh, 
so that see maybe a, a little glimmer of right hope. right so we're, we're, we're emphasizing little here but by three months the vast majority are saying energy's better mood is better pain is less mm. now that continues to improve over the next three months and then because we had so much demand, I would move people out. So sure. I'd only do uh, follow up for six months. In my clinical trials where I follow people for years, the, the longer you do all of this, you know, the, um, the, you, you continue to see gains. Sure. The velocity of improvement is the greatest at the first three months. Sure. The velocity of improvement slows down, but it does continue. Gotcha. And hence the hundred days. Then, then, the other, yes. then the, so that's why I saw 100% 100 yeah, days. Yeah. Now, the other thing that we've, we've learned that we have to uh, remind people is your self-care routine, your diet and lifestyle is now your disease modifying treatment for gotcha. whatever that condition it is that you have. And after you've been doing it for a couple of years, you feel so good. You sort of forget the time before sure and then you're at your niece or nephew's wedding right and your the, the food that's there isn't really quite walls compliant right but you don't want to offend your extended family so you eat it and you experience a flare of your underlying health problems ah. and you go see your specialist who says See, I told you that wall stuff was a bunch of hooey and you know sure. it should have stayed on your drugs and blah 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 blah. And what so now we're we're much more explicit with folks that if you get a good response, this is your disease modifying treatment. And if you stop it, because you you quit following the diet, you quit meditating, you stop exercising expect a flare of disease activity. So just as if you abruptly stopped your disease modifying drug treatment, you would expect a flare of disease sure. activity. So let's say you go out to eat and I know you don't want dairy. Um, let's say somebody, they put some butter on your, your broccoli or something like that. I mean, are you going to notice that, do you think? Well, I mean, so, so this will depend on the individual, of course. Sure. I can speak from my own personal experience. Yeah. That um, I have tried general neuralgia. Uh, so intense electrical pain that will start here at my temple, come down across my jaw, sometimes down to my neck. Uh, occasionally on the left side of my face, but more often on the right. Mm -hmm. uh, and if I have gluten, dairy or eggs in six to 24 hours those electrical pains will start wow even i so, mean a small amount so i i do not intentionally have those foods right right do i accidentally get exposed to those foods yes i and so eating so I'm careful if I'm eating out to order things that are just going to be naturally uh, gluten and dairy free. I don't sure. get sauces or yep. uh, dressings. 
Um, Understood. Uh, and the other thing that I'd like to do is travel and, you know, it's become so much easy, easier uh, to go to the local organic grocery or have foods uh, delivered uh, sure. so that, you know, I, I'm comfortable with uh, what I'm going to be eating. Sure. Um, before the pandemic, I would fly with the head of cabbage. Yeah, I read so, that. So, uh, you know, I would be eating cabbage as I'm going through. It supports my detox. In that way, I can get enough uh, vegetables because uh, I, I really want to have a lot of vegetables um, while I am. I'm, 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 I'm gluten-free uh, since June. I had really a, a sensitivity to it. And now since reading your book, I, I've gone dairy-free, which I'm, yeah, I'm, fi it. I'm finding harder. <laughs> Just, um, you know, and the um, gluten in dairy stimulate opioid receptors in our brain. Yeah, I read that. So they give us lots of pleasure. Yes. You know, it stimulates dopamine centers. So lots of pleasure, which means if we stop them, we may experience withdrawal. Sure. So irritability, craving, it is very uncomfortable. Now, not everyone who has gluten sensitivity will have cross-reactivity uh, to dairy. Sure. There are some reasons, other reasons to avoid dairy in that, um, in uh, and then some epidemiologic studies, uh, higher intake of dairy is associated with higher rates of schizophrenia, uh, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, MS. Uh, there, there are other studies showing that higher rates of full fat dairy are associated with lower rates of MS. So, and cross-sectional studies raise interesting hypotheses that we have to test with interventional studies. Um, so, in, and you know, when I first started doing my clinical trials, the IRB, you know, required me to investigate what I did and what I ate uh, and so that's where I have my my um, pilot data. So so most of my uh, inter, uh, dietary intervention studies have at least one arm that uses the diet uh, that I that was in my original diet. I see. Is it uh, casein in milk, or is it? So uh, casein is the protein uh, in dairy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, is it the, is that the problem or is it? Uh, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's the protein, it's the casein, lactose, which is the sugar. Right. Some people can't digest. That doesn't cause the immune response. It may it cause bloating and diarrhea, but, but it's not going to cause the immune response. I see. And, and I'll tell you, um, the uh, clarified butter, uh, which has most of the casein removed, Although not all, but most, uh, I can tolerate pretty well. Oh, interesting. So, so I'll have a little bit of casein, a little uh, um, clarified butter. That's fine. Uh, I'll, um, I, I like to cook in animal fats if I'm going to fry something. Otherwise, I prefer to bake, broil, roast, and then mix olive oil and herbs to make a sauce that that I pour cold over my vegetables and meat. Sure. You know, uh, 
uh, a, a variety of pestos, whether it's a basil pesto or a, a chimichurri with uh, more uh, oregano uh, and parsley. And again, you have a book, a diet book also. I mean, uh, a cookbook? Yeah, a cookbook. Yeah. I'll flash it for your audience. Yeah, flash it. There we go. Very good. You know, and, the, and what I really like about this book is that I wrote it for people living in rural Iowa who have to shop in their rural grocery stores. Sure, yep. So, and I wrote for people who are fatigued. So these are not complicated recipes that will take you all day to make. Sure. These are, are, are things you can, you, um, uh, you can make with ingredients that are widely available. I, I have some more, some more exotic recipes in there as well, but it also presume you don't know how to cook. Right. That'd be me. So, I mean, I want to make sure we get to this. Um, I want to make sure we get to this. Um, you have different levels or diets, the walls yeah. diet. Am I, am I stating that right? Correct. So the way uh, to think about um, my approach is I want to meet people where they're at. Sure. So start with what you can do. Sure. Uh, and I have a, a simple level one, which you can do as a meat eater or as a vegetarian. Uh, and uh, at a really high level, it's more vegetables, greens, cabbage, onion, mushroom family, deeply colored vegetables, uh, gluten-free, dairy-free, and egg-free. Uh, and that I recommend everyone take gluten, dairy, and eggs out for at least three months. And you, you can try putting eggs back in. And you might be able to tolerate eggs. Eggs are a really marvelous nutrition if you do tolerate them. Well, I do you, not, which yeah. is sad, but you know, uh, I, 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 that's life. Is there any way to know uh, beforehand, like let's say your symptoms? Well, there, there are some ways to investigate beforehand uh, in terms of doing some lab testing. In my clinical practice at the VA, I could not do any of that kind of uh, investigation. Sure. So in my clinical practice, we did this entirely through diet uh, and, re and reintroduction. Uh, and that's what I teach people to do in the book because you know, the, the uh, additional investigation is more expensive. Uh, it's not sure. uh, as reliable or as consistent. If you take it out and retest, that's, uh, in my mind, much more reproducible. So, um, yeah, I eat eggs, Ed. I'm a, and um, I'm going to you know, monitor my symptoms and see how I do. Um, but the walls paleo, walls paleo plus, I mean, those are all, all stricter. Correct. So we, we move further along. Uh, the uh, paleo adds, uh, talks about the benefits of uh, fermentation, uh, talks about the benefits of organ meats, uh, about nuts and seeds, uh, about why to consider uh, soaking and sprouting nuts and seeds. The ketogenic version talks about uh, why some people may benefit from a ketogenic diet uh, and how to uh, do a ketogenic diet. Uh, and we talk about 
whether you're going to do it with medium chain triglycerides or olive oil and the pros and cons of uh, those two approaches. And then I talk about an elimination diet, which is more restrictive yet to take out the uh, most inflammatory foods. Uh, and uh, then we introduce them to assess, do you have food sensitivities? And acknowledge that you, you can alternatively do a food sensitivity test to see, uh, is there a specific uh, uh, problem for you? So um, that, that study you did with originally with 20 people, right? 20 people. Yeah. Um, what level were they at? Uh, they were diet? basically following uh, uh, level two. Okay. So Wall's paleo. Yeah. So can you, can you talk about the pulse test? I thought this was fascinating. Yeah. So uh, one way of assessing your response to uh, things you're putting in your mouth or on your skin is to monitor your pulse uh, uh, for a, a full minute, then uh, expose yourself to this new compound because you, you eat it. Sure. Uh, or put it on your skin, uh, wait a minute, and then follow your pulse uh, again and see if there's a, a, a change. Uh, okay. And if you are having a increase in your pulse, that uh, would indicate that you're having a abnormal physiologic response and that, that food's a problem for you. Gotcha. So will that work with eggs? I got to ask, I, you keep coming back to the eggs. You're, you're, I, I, I see you're having some pain here. Yeah, I do. I mean, you know. So when, you, when you think about eggs, um, the yolks um, are where the fat-soluble vitamins are and where the uh, omega-3 fats are yep. uh, and the B vitamins. So the yolks are the most nutritious, the most uh, nutritious part of the egg right so you could try like uh, and the white where the protein is is what might be causing the abnormal immune response oh really interesting so you you can try the pulse test uh if you're if you're going to try the pulse test i would still take the eggs out for a week first sure and then and then try the pulse test sure i'll do that you. you know, it, uh, my medical students who would volunteer in our lab, I, I would encourage them to follow the study diet for one week or two weeks, just so they could get a sense of what we are asking our study participants to do. Uh, and so it'd be a tough week for the students because they're going through withdrawal and craving for sure. yeah. all that stuff. And then they, at the end of the week, they're like, oh, thank God, goodness. They go out and have pizza and beer. And, <laughs> and then several students felt really terrible. And they're like, oh, my God. Physically really terrible. They felt really yeah. terrible. And oh, what they yeah. discovered was by implementing the concepts that they learned from the Wall's diet, we resolved their anxiety, their depression, their severe periods, yep. um, uh, uh, their brain fog, improved their effectiveness at studying, uh, uh, their migraines. And so not all of our students stayed on the Walls diet. Sure. But many discovered, they actually felt a whole lot better. So they became believers. Wow. Yeah, I actually, um, it, it greatly reduced my anxiety. 
uh, by getting off gluten. I mean, yeah, it just it's huge. Eliminated it, it really it did. So I I I want to be respectful of your time. We got three minutes left. I just want to ask you if you could tell us how you're currently doing. Well, it is so exciting uh, what I'm doing. You know, we're working on a new grant. I'm very excited about that. Uh, tonight, uh, Jack and I are looking at going out to do a luminary walk uh, in the local county park. Wow. Uh, that was supposed to happen last week with the full moon, so we'll probably need headlights. Um, so I'm doing very well. Uh, my challenge is to remember uh, when I get excited about a new project to continue to maintain my self-care routine. Sure. Yep. Yeah, you strike me as that kind of person that can get so focused on something, everything else gets put by the wayside. Well, uh, I, I, I get uh, pretty excited. I've been very excited about this grant. Uh, and so I uh, have not had my, I usually have uh, two and a half hours of self-care in the morning. Uh, and so the last couple of weeks, I have sort of encroached into that. Uh, sure. And Jackie uh, sitting me down last night saying, you're not doing your self-care. Yeah, you you, that's <laughs> right. That's right. You always need that person next to you. Keeping yeah. you, keeping in line. So, well, thank you so much for this. Again, we're going to mention everything again. The walls protocol is the book and you have the cookbook also and uh, terrywalls.com. You can find a lot of information there. I mean, really, there's so many people that should look into this. And and this book, by the way, has so much more information than just a diet. I mean, yeah, you cover everything. Soup much more than diet. Yes, absolutely. So really, it's been my honor to have you on. I hope we can help a lot of people. Yeah, I'm sure we can. So um, anytime you want to be on, the, the, the door is open. <laughs>